Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the Thursday morning, September 29th, 2022 episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. Um, the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is dedicated to the public reading of the Word of God, along with prayer and devotion, and my input and my input at times um, on the goings-on in our world today, um, and, and I do my best that those, those that input is shaped by a biblical worldview, or as good a biblical worldview as I've come to, you know, at my maturity level in the faith. Um, the prayers we're going to go through each morning are from the Valley of Vision, which is a collection of Puritan prayers. And then our devotion is from Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, uh, which is a devotional that, that he put out in the 19th century. Um, the links for my, um, I'm sorry, we'll also be doing our Bible reading from the uh, Legacy Standard Bible. Legacy Standard Bible is the most recent translation. It was actually um, the, the kind of the next step from the, national, the NASB, the New American Standard Bible, 1995, not the 2020, but the 1995 edition. And the reason I read from that is because it is, at this point, the most texturally accurate from the original documents that we have that are available at this time. Um, the links for everything I'm going to read this morning, as well as links to acquire hard copies of the things I'm the books I'm actually reading from, are going to be in the show notes. Um, I would definitely recommend getting a hard copy. The fact is, this morning, as I did last morning. I'm actually not recording in my normal recording environment upstairs with my microphone in my office. Um, we had a uh, interesting dog issue um, yesterday, last night. Um, I mentioned Tiggy yesterday on our uh, <laughs> and, and about her barking to wake me up because she couldn't get to me. Um, I think I, I think I, I told that story yesterday. Um, she started exhibiting, so she's over 10 years old, heading towards 11. I think she'll be 11 in February, um, if I remember correctly. Um, and the reason I say that is because she was actually born in this house from our Schnauzer, Emma. We actually were here for the birth. Um, she had five puppies, and uh, Tiggy was the oldest of them. She was the first out, and so we kept her. Um, but here in the last year and a half, two years... She started taking on a behavior pattern that she had never, ever, ever done before. She started getting into any, getting into things and eating things. Now, I'm, I'm not talking, hey, I've left out a piece of toast or something like that on a side table or on a chair or, or somewhere down where she can get to it. She has started getting into any number of things that she hadn't before. Um, sealed up food items. Um, we actually... I don't even remember how long ago. I, it was a, at least a year ago, if not more. Um, we came home to she having gotten into the kitchen, which at that point we were letting them in and out of the kitchen because their water 
bolas out there when we're gone. But there was a bag of rice that was where she could get to it. Now, it was up. It wasn't down on the floor or something like that. It was up. But it was a plastic bag of rice from the from the grocery store. You've seen them all, the, the little two-pounders or whatever I think was the size. She'd gotten hold to it and eaten a bunch of rice. Well, needless to say, we spent that night. I actually spent that night. My wife spent most of it with me. Um, she and I and actually the other dogs were with us. We all spent the night outside, um, kind of sprawled in our, in our uh, patio chairs. Actually, we weren't on the patio. We were actually out in the yard with her because she repeatedly she would vomit and then she'd be okay and then she would vomit. I had tried to do going in, sleeping downstairs with her and going in and out with her. Finally I just went and we stayed outside until 5, 6 o'clock in the morning when it finally subsided. It was just her body trying to clear all that stuff from her from her body and then she was fine afterwards. Um, of course we, we, we because this dog has already had some digestional issues um, we had the appropriate medication to then use with her to settle everything back down um, after she had cleared all this stuff, and she was fine. Well, yesterday, so here, here I tell that to get to this point, so she's been tending to go up and get in our room, and during the summer when we had window open, so let, well, at points where we had cool airflow, but even window not open, but the blinds open, she would get it up in there and she would partially stand on a table that's by that window and she'd bark out the window at the, at the neighbor dog that's behind us. So that was kind of cute and everything. But what she's now started to do is to get on bedside tables. And what she did yesterday, my wife has had this persistent cough going on, so she's using cough, had cough drops. They were colas, so they're natural, more natural stuff, um, which I didn't used to use, but my wife got me into using and I'm okay with that. But she got into a number of them. Needless to say, we were concerned as, oh my gosh, our dog has now poisoned herself. Um, I was able to look up the ingredients in there. Um, there is no way she could have consumed enough for it to be toxic. Actually, some of the ingredients were actually good for her. Um, maybe not the way they were delivered, but in general, like honey was in the cough drops. Good for her. Um, but menthol, which is also in them, she would have had to take in so much, and there's no way possible. There, she could have eaten the whole bag, and she wouldn't have gotten enough. And she didn't eat the whole bag. Half the bag was still in there, and my wife had used a number of them. So we were able to kind of calculate and go, okay, she's only gotten to this many. Um, needless to say, my wife's not happy. She's tired of that dog tearing up stuff on her side of the bed um, because my wife has done a lot to give her nice, clear sleeping spaces. Well, I woke up this morning. I had gone to bed about 11 o'clock. And I woke up this morning to my wife's voice at around 3.30. Having brought the dog back in for the fourth time. And uh, not being very happy because the dog wouldn't settle down. Um, <laughs> so I'll tell you this. And I, and I know you probably don't care, but I just... I want to relate to you, so I want you to know us. Um, I'm one of those that I can drop off very fast when I lay down. Always have been. Uh, my problem is if I if I get woke up in the night, especially if it's something that is a little anxiety-ridden, can can send me to an anxiety point. Yeah, getting back to sleep's a problem. 
Um, and I have something to help with that, but sometimes it doesn't. Um, however, my wife, if she can get to, if she gets to sleep and stays asleep, because she has to take medication to get to sleep, um, and it is a, a grouping of medicine that she and her doctors have worked on over years to get to, and now she's been on it for, I think, seven, eight, nine years, and it works. If it can get her to sleep and she can stay asleep and not be woken up, she'll get a good night's sleep. The problem is if she starts getting woken up, the odds of her getting back to sleep are pretty slim. And the beautiful princess without sleep is not fun to be around. I mean, honestly, I'm not either. Um, so I was like, great at 3.30 this morning. However, um, dog seemed to settle down. We all laid down. Um, but of course at this point my anxiety is going so I kind of curled up on my side of the bed hoping I could doze back off and didn't and finally she started woofing again at 4.30 so all that to explain why I'm recording again through my phone um, and recording downstairs to a set of headphones that has a good mic on them um, and it's a great set of headphones my brother gave me I think he gave me, gave me for my 50th birthday um, and I love them they're great headphones um but needless to say, I'm down here with the dog and on the phone. And I actually say that also to preface the fact I may in the middle of the reading have to get up and walk out and let her out the door and then come back to the reading. So I apologize in advance if that happens. She seems to be doing okay. Um, again, she's just been needing to go in and out for her body to purge herself of that she took in and she'll be fine. Um, she's actually on specific kinds of food and stuff like that that help to regulate so she'll be fine um so i i don't say that to get any sympathy or anything oh my gosh poor dog yeah it is poor dog but she's going to be better um and she's going to be fine actually she's asleep in my wife's chair right now because she likes to do that get up in our recliners and sleep so she's going to be fine but needless to say that is why i'm recording the way i am and why Honestly, I may be very, very, very dopey this morning. And as you can see, I'm rambling constantly and off on tangents because I'm still half asleep. Because while well, four and a half hours, I'm grateful for the four and a half hours I got, um, waking up that way and dealing with that kind of invalidates the, <laughs> the sleep. Um, so right before we get into our reading this morning, what I want to remind us all is let's please pray for all those in Florida and, and the surrounding areas that, that are facing this hurricane. Um, and I haven't quite checked this morning as of when I went to bed last night. I think it was still a Category 2 as it went across, but it was dropping down to go to Category 1. I don't know if it's now changed over to a tropical storm or not, but that's uh, whatever storm in, whether it's hurricane or tropical storm. But for all those people, and, and like I've told you, We've got family. We've got my wife's family, my, my, my in-laws and stuff are all through there um, and, and got hammered by it. Um, needless to say, though, I took the day off and, and we were going to take, take my grandson to lunch. Um, he actually came in the door yesterday and Papa took him from his mother and he immediately went to sleep on my shoulder. He had been fighting. He, he started doing that. He's fighting naps. So needless to say, he was very, very tired. So I was able to put him down and get him a nap. And so we actually didn't even end up going out. I actually grilled steaks here at the house for us for our anniversary yesterday. But 
because my wife is so concerned about her family, we spent most of the day with the Weather Channel on and uh, watching to see what, what was happening um, and staying in touch with those of our family that are in the areas. Um, some have dropped power, and in some cases their powers come back on, so that's good. Um, but as we saw, um, if you watched any of it or saw any kind of information about it, um, the storm st- surges were horrific. Um, cameras set at six foot, seven foot up a building and being swamped by the water that's coming in so deep. Um, and winds that are, the, you know, tearing down stop signs and stuff like that, which is not new, but, um, and at the same time, I'm impressed and appalled at the, the weather channel folks and probably others that are stepping out into it. Old Jim Cantori, there. Stepping out in the middle of, you know, 100, 100 mile an hour winds, trying to broadcast. I, I, I don't know that I would do that. Um, actually, I know I wouldn't do that. So, uh, you know, more power to them. But um, we should definitely be praying for them. Um, and we'll go ahead and we'll add that in. Um, and we'll pray for them at the end of our reading today. But let's go ahead and get going. Um, you know, the whole purpose, as, I, as I've said, it's public reading of scripture, in my opinions, um, but it's also to share my morning routine with you, um, the morning routine where I go through my reading and stuff to get myself squared away to deal with the anxiety that, of course, like I'm dealing with the, with the dog and whatever, um, and to, as I've said, get my mind focused on the godly, not on the worldly, um, on the spiritual, not the temporal. Um, in, in real... Um, in a true belief that God has this. Um, so we're going to be reading um, from Valley of Vision. And of course, I'm reading from the hard copy. And I'll tell you again, Spurgeon is going is always a little tougher that way because the print is very, very small. But so we're going to start, as it's become our practice, with the Valley of Vision prayers. And we're going to start, of course, with the two, the two first prayers being resting on God and grace and trials. So resting on God. O God, most high, most glorious, the thought of thine infinite serenity cheers me, for I am toiling and moiling, troubled and distressed. But thou art forever at perfect peace. Thy designs cause thee no fear or care of unfulfillment. They stand fast as the eternal hills. Thy power knows no bond, thy goodness no stint. Thou bringest order out of confusion, and my defeats are thy victories. The Lord God, omnipotent, reigneth. I come to thee as a sinner with cares and sorrows to leave every concern entirely to thee, every sin calling for Christ's precious blood. Revive deep spirituality in my heart. Let me live near to the great shepherd, hear his voice, know its tones, follow its calls. Keep me from deception by causing me to abide in the truth, from harm by helping me to walk in the power of the Spirit. Give me intenser faith in the eternal verities, burning into me by experience the things I know. Let me never be ashamed of the truth of the gospel, that I may bear its reproach, vindicate it, see Jesus as its essence, know in it the power of the Spirit. Lord, help me, for I am often lukewarm and chill. Unbelief mars my confidence. Sin makes me forget thee. Let the weeds that grow in my soul be cut at their roots. Grant me to know that I truly live only when I live to thee, that all else is trifling, Thy presence alone can make me holy, devout, strong, and happy. 
Abide in me, gracious God. And now, grace and trials. Father of mercies, hear me for Jesus' sake. I am sinful even in my closest walk with thee. It is of thy mercy I died not long ago. Thy grace has given me faith in the cross, by which thou hast reconciled thyself to me and me to thee, drawing me by thy great love, reckoning me as innocent in Christ, though guilty in myself. Giver of all graces, I look to thee for strength to maintain them in me, for it is hard to practice what I believe. Strengthen me against temptation. Temptations? My heart is an unexhausted fountain of sin, a river of corruption since childhood days, flowing on in every pattern of behavior. Thou hast disarmed me of the means in which I trusted, and I have no strength but in thee. Thou alone canst hold back my evil ways, but without thy grace to sustain me, I fall. Satan's darts quickly inflame me, and the shield that should quench them easily drops from my hand. Empower me against his wiles and assaults. Keep me sensible of my weakness and of my dependence upon thy strength. Let every trial teach me more of thy peace, more of thy love. Thy Holy Spirit is given to increase thy graces, and I cannot preserve or improve them unless he works continually in me. May he confirm my trust in thy promised help, and let me walk humbly in dependence upon thee. For Jesus' sake. All right. And now our morning prayer for the day. This is the fifth day morning. It's called The Giver. Creator, upholder, and proprietor of all things, we cannot escape from thy presence and control, nor do we desire to do so. Our privilege is to be under the agency of thy omnipotence, righteousness, wisdom, patience, mercy, and grace. For thou art love with more than parental affection. We admire thy goodness, stand in awe of thy power, abase ourselves before thy purity. It is the discovery of thy goodness alone that can banish our fear. Allure us into thy presence, help us to I'm sorry, allure us into thy presence, help us to bewail and confess our sins. We we review our past guilt and our conscience of conscious of present unworthiness. We bless thee that thy steadfast love and attributes are essential to our happiness and hope. Thou hast witnessed to us thy grace and mercy in the bounties of nature, in the fullness of thy providence, in the revelations of Scripture, in the gift of thy Son, in the proclamations of the proclamation of the gospel. Make us willing to be saved in thy own way, perceiving nothing in ourselves, but all in Jesus. Help us not only to receive him, but to walk in him, depend upon him, commune with him, follow him as dear children, imperfect but still pressing forward, not complaining of labor, but valuing rest, not murmuring under trial, but thankful for our state, and by so doing, let us silence the ignorance of foolish men. Amen. All right. And now our Spurgeon morning and evening. And again, like I said, the print is very, very small, so I will do my best to read it. The bummer is, is I have glasses for close-in reading, and they actually make this worse. So maybe I need new prescription, but they were way too expensive. So, September 29th morning um, from Charles Haddon Spurgeon. The scripture for it is Leviticus 13, 13. Behold, if the leprosy if the leprosy have covered all his flesh, he shall pronounce him clean that hath the plague. Oh, okay. That's in the Leviticus 13, 13. So, 
Strange enough, this regulation appears, yet there was wisdom in it, for the throwing out of the disease proved that the Constitution was sound. This morning, it may be well for us to see the typical teaching of so the typical sorry the typical teaching of so strange so singular a rule we too are lepers and may read the law of leper as applicable to ourselves when a man sees himself to be altogether lost and ruined covered all over with the defilement of sin and no part free from pollution when he declaims when he disclaims all righteousness of his own and pleads guilty before the Lord, then is he clean through the blood of Jesus and the grace of God. Hidden, unfelt, unconfessed iniquity is the true leprosy. But when sin is seen and felt, it has received its death blow, and the Lord looks with eyes of mercy upon the soul afflicted with it. Nothing is more deadly than self-righteousness or more hopeful than contrition. We must confess that we are nothing else but sin, for no confession short of this will be the whole truth. And if the Holy Spirit be at work with us, convincing us of sin, there will be no difficulty about making such an acknowledgement. It will spring spontaneously from our lips. What comfort does the, does the text afford to those under a deep sense of sin? Sin mourned and confessed, however black and foul, shall never shut a man out from the Lord Jesus. Whosoever cometh unto him, I'm sorry, whosoever cometh unto him, he will in no wise cast out. Though dishonest as the thief, though unchaste as the woman who was a sinner, though fierce as Saul of, Saul of Tarsus, though cruel as Manasseh, though rebellious as the prodigal, the great heart of love will look upon the man who feels himself to have no soundness in him and will pronounce him clean when he trusts in Jesus crucified. Come to him, then, poor heavy-laden sinner. Come needy, come guilty, come loathsome and bare. You can't come too filthy. Come just as you are. There you go. I've said it before. Unless we can come to a place of humility, a place of true acknowledgement that we are, as, as I said, you know, my friend's got the email address, Fetid Ponscom, with a true acknowledgement that as, um, I think it's in Ezekiel, but I don't, I'm not sure. Um, no, it's probably in Psalms where it says, none are good, no, not one. We're not. There is no amount of good in us. We are disgusting, repugnant sinners outside of the grace of God. And it is only in that acknowledgement and therefore that grasp of the true need of Christ. The true need of Christ. I need. Need. He is the only way to salvation. There is no other way we can get in there. No matter how pure the Pharisees thought they were. No matter how pure all their acts were. They weren't heading into heaven without an acknowledgement that they were not righteous at all and that they needed Christ. And obviously many of them didn't because they crucified him. And the same is true with us. If we cannot confess, truly confess, and in true belief that we are completely, and, and the term somebody used, and I thought it was great, radically depraved, meaning that depravity 
in, infiltrates every part of our being. That was, that was his meaning of you calling it radical depravity. If we cannot realize that we are, in, we are wrapped in radical depravity, and thus we have a critical need of our Savior Jesus Christ, we're never going to come to salvation. We're not. I, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit can't do that work in us, but it's until we get to that point, we're not coming. So, let's go ahead and go with our scripture reading this morning. We're going to be reading from 1 Kings 1, Galatians 5, Ezekiel 32, and Psalm 80. So, 1 Kings 1, Kings 1 um, in 1 Kings 1, we're at a point that David is at his old age. So, we're going to start seeing as David starts to uh, transition the kingdom off to Solomon. Now, King David was old, advanced in age, and they covered him with clothes, but he could not keep warm. So, his servants said to him, let them seek a young virgin for my lord the king, and let her stand before the king, and become his nurse, and let her lie in your bosom, that my lord the king may keep warm. So they sought for a beautiful young woman throughout all the territory of Israel, and found Abishag the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. Now the young woman was very beautiful, and she became the king's nurse, and attended him, but the king did not know her. Now Adonijah the son of Haggith exalted himself, saying, I will be king. So he prepared for himself a chariot and a horseman and fifty men as runners before him. But his father had never grieved him. But his father had never grieved him at any time by asking, Why have you done so? And he was also a very handsome man in form, and he was born after Absalom. And he had conferred with Joab the son of Zeruiah and with Abiathar the priest, and following Adon Adonijah they helped him. But Zadok the priest, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, Nathan the prophet, Shemi, Ray, and the mighty men who belonged to David were not with Adonijah. And Adonijah sacrificed sheep and oxen and fatlings by the stone of Zoheleth, which is beside Enrogel. And he invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah, the king's servants. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the mighty men, Benaiah the mighty men, and Solomon his brother. Then Nathan spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, has become king, and David our Lord does not know it? So now come, please let me give you counsel, and provide escape for your life and the life of your son Solomon. Go at once to King David, and say to him, Have you not, my lord, O king, sworn to your maidservant, saying, Surely Solomon your son shall be king after me? and he shall sit on my throne. Why then has Adonijah become king? Behold, while you are still there speaking with the king, I will come in after you and fully confirm your words. So Bathsheba went into the king in the bedroom. Now the king was very old, and Abishag the Shunammite was ministering to the king. Then Bathsheba bowed and prostrated herself before the king. And the king said, What do you wish? And she said to him, My lord, you swore to your maidservant by Yahweh your God, saying, Surely your son Solomon shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne. But now behold, Adonijah is king, and now my lord the king, you do not know it. And he has sacrificed oxen and fatlings and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the sons of the king, and Abiathar the priest, and Joab the commander of the army. But he has not invited Solomon your servant. As for you now, my lord the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you to tell them who shall sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. 
Otherwise it will be, as soon as my lord the king sleeps with his fathers, that I and my son Solomon will be considered offenders. Behold, while she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet came in. Then they told the king, saying, Here is Nathan the prophet. And then he came in before the king and prostrated himself before the king with his face to the ground. Then Nathan said, My lord the king, have you said Adonijah shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne? For he has gone down today, and has sacrificed oxen and fatlings and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the king's sons and the commanders of the army and Abiathar the priest, and behold, they are eating and drinking before him, and they say, Long live King Adonijah. But me, even me, your servant, and Zadok the priest, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and your servant Solomon, he has not invited. Has this thing happened by my lord the king, and you have not made known to your servants who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? Then king David answered and said, Call Bathsheba to me. And she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king swore and said, As Yahweh lives, who has redeemed my life from all distress, surely as I swore to you by Yahweh, the God of Israel, saying, Surely your son Solomon shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place. I will surely do, the, do so this day. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the ground and prostrated herself before the king and said, May my lord King David live forever. Then King David said, Call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. And they came into the king's presence. And the king said to them, Take with you the servants of your Lord, and have my son Solomon ride on my own mule, and bring him down to Gihon. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the, Nathan the prophet shall anoint him there as king over Israel, and blow the trumpet, and say, Long live King Solomon. Then you shall come up after, after him, and he shall come and sit on my throne, and he shall be king in my place. For I have commanded him to be ruler over Israel and Judah. Then Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, Jehoiada answered the king and said, Amen. Thus may Yahweh the God of my lord the king say, As Yahweh has been with my lord the king, so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my lord king David. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, the Cherethites and the Pelethites went down and had Solomon ride on king David's mule. Uh, and brought him to Gihon. Zadok the priest then took the horn of oil from the tent and anointed Solomon. Then they blew the trumpet, and all the people said, Long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him, and the people were playing on flutes and were glad with great gladness, so that the earth shook at their sound. And Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they finished eating. Then Joab heard the sound of the trumpet and said, why is the sound of the city such an up, such, why is the sound of the city such an uproar? While he was still speaking, behold, Jonathan, the son of Abiathar the priest, came. Then Adonijah said, Come in, for you are a valiant man, and bring good news. But Jonathan answered and said to Adonijah, No, our Lord King, our Lord King David has made Solomon king. The king has also sent with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet. Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, the Cherethites and the Pelethites, and they have made him ride on the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king in Gihon, and they have come up from there with gladness, so that the city is in an uproar. This is the sound which you have heard. 
And also Solomon has even taken his seat on the throne of the kingdom. And also the king's servants came to bless our Lord King David, saying, May your God make the name of Solomon better than your name, and his throne greater than your throne. And the king bowed himself on the bed. And also the king said thus, Blessed be Yahweh, the God of Israel, who has granted one to sit on my throne today, while my own eyes see it. Then all the guests of Adonijah trembled, and they arose, and each went on his way. And Adonijah was afraid of Solomon, and he arose, went, and took hold of the horns of the altar. Then it was told to Solomon, saying, Behold, Adonijah is afraid of King Solomon, and behold, he has taken hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. And Solomon said, If he is a worthy man, not one of his hairs will fall to the ground, but if evil is found in him, he will die. So King Solomon went, sent, and they brought him down from the altar. And he came and prostrated himself before King Solomon. And Solomon said to him, Go to your home. All right. And sorry, got to search for these. And Galatians 5. <clears throat> Let me have a sip of coffee here, real quick. <clears throat> Galatians 5. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, stand firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. You have been served from Christ. You who are being justified by law, you have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are eagerly, eagerly waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you will adopt no other view, but the one who is disturbing you will bear his judgment, whoever he is. But I, brothers... If I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? Then the stumbling block of the cross would have been abolished. I wish that those who are upsetting you would even mutilate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is unfulfilled in one word. In this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you do not do the things that you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, strife, sorry, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk in step with the Spirit. Let us not become those with vain glory, challenging one another, envying one another. All right. And Ezekiel 32. And it happened in the twelfth year, in the twelfth month, on the first of the month, that the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation over Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and say to him, You liken yourself to a young lion of the nations, yet you are like the monster in the seas, and you burst forth, ah, sorry, and you burst forth in your rivers, and muddied the waters with your feet, and fouled their rivers. Thus says Lord Yahweh, So I will spread my net over you, with an assembly of many peoples, and they shall bring you up in my net. I will abandon you on the land, I will hurl you on the open field, and I will cause all the birds of the sky to dwell on you, and I will satisfy the beasts of the whole earth with you. I will put your flesh on the mountains, and fill the valleys with your refuge. Refuse. I will also make the land drink the discharge of your blood, as far as the mountains and the ravines will be full of you. And when I extinguish you, I will cover the heavens and darken their stars. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon will not give its light. All the shining lights in the heavens I will darken over you, and will give darkness on your land, declares Lord Yahweh. I will also vex the hearts of many peoples when I bring your destruction among the nations into lands which you have not known. I will make many peoples appalled at you, and their kings will be horribly afraid of you when I brandish my sword before them, and they will tremble every moment, every man for his own life, on the day of your downfall. For thus says Lord Yahweh, The sword of the king of Babylon will come upon you. By the swords of the mighty ones I will cause your multitude to fall. All of them are ruthless ones of the nations, and they will devastate the lofty pride of Egypt, and all its multitude will be destroyed. I will also make all its cattle perish from beside many waters, and the foot of man will not muddy them any more, and the hoofs of beasts will not muddy them. Then I will make their waters settle, and will cause their rivers to run like oil, declares Lord Yahweh. When I make the land of Egypt a desolation, and the land is desolate of its fullness, when I strike all those who inhabit it, then they shall know that I am Yahweh. This is a lamentation, and they shall lament over it. The daughters of the nations shall lament over it. Over Egypt and over all her multitude, they shall lament over it, declares Lord Yahweh. Now it happened in the twelfth year, on the fifteenth of the month, that the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, Son of man, wail for the hordes of Egypt and bring it down, her and the daughters of the powerful nations, to the netherworld with those who go down to the pit. Whom do you surpass in beauty? Go down and make your bed with the uncircumcised. They shall fall in the midst of those who are slain by the sword. She is given over to the sword. They have drawn her and all her multitude away. The dominant among the mighty ones shall speak of him and his helpers from the midst of Sheol. They have gone down. They lie still, the uncircumcised, slain by the sword. Assyria is there and all her assembly. Her graves are round about her. All of them are slain, fallen by the sword. Whole graves are put in the remotest part of parts of the pit, and her assembly is all round about her grave. 
all of them are slain, fallen by the sword, who put terror in the land of the living. Elam is there, and all her multitude, all around her grave, all of them slain, fallen by the sword, who went down uncircumcised to the lower parts of the earth, who put their terror in the land of the living, and bore their dishonor with those who went down to the pit. They have put a bed for her among the slain with all her multitude. Her graves are all around it. All of them are uncircumcised, slain by the sword, although their terror was put in the land of the living, and they bore their dishonor with those who go down to the pit. They were put in the midst of the slain. Meshach, Tubal, and all their multitude are there. Their graves are all around them. All of them were slain by the sword, uncircumcised, though they put their terror in the land of the living. Nor do they lie beside the fallen mighty ones of the uncircumcised, who went down to Sheol with their weapons of war, and whose swords were put under their heads. But the punishment for their iniquity rested on their bones, though the terror of these mighty ones was once in the land of the living. But as for you, in the midst of the uncircumcised, you will be broken and lie with those slain by the sword. There also is Edom, its kings and all its princes, who for all their might are put with those who, those slain by the sword. They will lie with the uncircumcised and with those who go down to the pit. There also are the chiefs of the north, all of them, and all the Sidonians, who in spite of the terror resulting from their might, in shame went down with the slain. So they lay down uncircumcised with those slain by the sword, and bore their dishonor with those who go down to the pit. These Pharaoh will see, and he will be comforted for all his multitude slain by the sword. Even Pharaoh and all his military force, declares Lord Yahweh. Though I put a terror of him in the land of the living, yet he will be made to lie down among the uncircumcised, along with those slain by the sword. Even Pharaoh and all his hordes, declares Lord Yahweh. Okay, and Psalm 80. O shepherd of Israel, give ear, you who guide Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned above the cherubim, shine forth. Before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up your might and come to save us. O God, restore us and cause your face to shine upon us that we would be saved. O Yahweh, God of hosts, how long will you smolder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears, and you have made them to drink tears in large measure. You set us as an object of strife to our neighbors, and our enemies mock us among themselves. O God of hosts, restore us, and cause your face to shine upon us, that we might be saved. You removed a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations, and then you planted it. You cleared the ground before it, and it took deep root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shadow, and the cedars of God with its, with, it, with its boughs. It sent out its branches to the sea, and its shoots to the river. Why have you broken down its hedges, so that all who pass that way pick its fruit? A boar from the forest devours it, and whatever moves in the field feeds on it. O God of hosts, return now, we beseech you. Look down from heaven and see, and visit this vine even the sapling which your right hand has planted, and on the son whom you have strengthened for yourself. It is burned with fire. It is cut down. They perish at the rebuke of your face. Let your hand be upon the man of your right hand, upon the son of man whom you made strong for yourselves. yourself. Then we shall not turn back from you. 
Revive us, and we will call upon your name. O Yahweh, God of hosts, restore us. Cause your face to shine upon us, that we might be saved. Amen. All right, that is our reading for the day. Um, Hang on a second. Needed some coffee, getting a little dry there. Okay, that's our reading for today. I hope you will have a good day. We're going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to start by praying about for the safety of those in Florida. Gracious Heavenly Father, uh, we again are so grateful to be able to get together today, to be able to share in these morning prayers, devotion, and the reading of your word. And dear Lord, of course, we would pray that those things would equip, equip us and edify us and would help us to be more obedient to you, would assist us, those of us that are saved, along our walk and would help prepare those that are unsaved for the work of the Holy Spirit in bringing upon regeneration. Dear Lord, at this time, we would pray in regard to what all is going on in Florida and is going to continue to go on up our East Coast um, with this Hurricane Ian or even if it's down to a tropical storm now, it looks like it's going to swing out into the Atlantic and pile back in um, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina into that area. Um, so all of those are also going to face some effects of this. And, and people in Florida have already and are continuing to feel the effects because this storm is so slow, um, which is allowing it to just continue to pound on them for long, long times. This is not one that barrels through and, you know, 12, 16, 18 hours, 20 hours later, it's gone. Um, this is... Um, they were saying something like two days going across Florida um, and was going to drop anywhere from 24 to 30 inches of rain on ground that is already saturated, that is already beyond the saturation point. And dear Lord, we would pray for these people. Lord, we would pray for their safety. Um, We would pray that you would bring them grace and peace um, in this time of trial. Um, This has to be horrific. Um, In some cases, people... uh, you know, facing facing their mortality, facing the, the possibility that they could be hurt or killed by what's going on, by this storm. And obviously, Lord, that is a big concern. And we would pray that they would they would find peace, that they would be able to deal with this stress and strain and to come through this. And Lord, that they would physically be okay. But Lord, we also pray that in this time of trial, that you would be glorified, that that those those that are your children there throughout this this damage zone this danger zone there um that those people uh would be able to walk as witnesses for your son as witnesses to your son to christ um and therefore show your light there in those areas um But Lord, for those that are not your children, that are not saved in those areas, Lord, we would pray that this would be something that would drive them to that point of humility, drive them to the point where they come to you, where they put down, they bring all their sins and they put them at the foot of the cross and they mortify them and they turn from them and they beg you to be their savior. And they beg for saving faith. Lord, we would pray that most of all. Because obviously the eternal soul is so much more important than the physical. Um, as is said in the scriptures, that we're not to fear the one that can harm the body, but the one that can harm the soul. So obviously the soul is more important. And Lord, we would pray for all those there. 
that those that are not saved would be brought to a saving faith in Christ so that you would be glorified in all of this because obviously their eternal soul is more important than their physical bodies. But Lord, if it's your will, we would definitely pray for their safekeeping as well. Dear Lord, please watch over them and be with them. And Lord, please help us to take this reading that we've done this morning, this time we've spent together this morning, and for it to shape our day, shape our behavior throughout this day, so that we also would be witnesses to Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. I know this has gone a little long because I rambled a bit at the beginning. Um, and like I said, it's because I'm a little low on sleep and a little punchy. But I hope you have a wonderful day and that God will bless you. And as I've said before, everything you do today, everything you do today, do it for the glory of God. Have a good one.